Joe Biden comes up with an odd label to attack his political opposition. Ultra MAGA! The White House encourages protesters to break the law by descending on the homes of Supreme Court justices, and the Treasury Secretary comes out in favor of abortion. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. It's time to stand up against big tech. Protect your data at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, there are certain people in your life who just make your life a lot, a lot easier. So, for example, Savannah, one of our producers, I would not have known that every so often on the show, we ought to visit the male busy, if not for Savannah. She just makes my life easier. Well, if you want to make your life easier as an employer, you need great employees like Savvy. This is why you need to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That is where you go to try ZipRecruiter for free. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. Go check them out right now because they use their powerful matching technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review those recommended candidates, invite your top choices to apply. ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. No wonder. ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of January 1st, 2022. In fact, the hardest thing you have to do is remember our special URL, ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That's where you go to try ZipRecruiter for free. Once again, if you want great employees like Savannah who will tell you that a mailbag is actually called a mail busy, you need to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. That's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Well, Joe Biden is staring down the barrel of a 2022 debacle, a disaster for him. And so he is starting that 2022 campaign with a very simple proposition. It's never my fault ever, 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 ever. And so he has to come up with an opponent. Now, the problem for him is pretty simple. He is the president of the United States. Democrats control the Senate. Democrats control the House. Donald Trump has not been president for nigh on two years. And that's going to be very difficult for him to run against because, again, Everything is in his lap. When you have unified control of government and things go really poorly, the American people tend to blame you. And in off your elections, they tend to blame you anyway. So now they're going to doubly blame you. And if things have gone as crappily for Joe Biden as they have gone, which is like maybe the worst first term of any president ever elected, well, then they're really, really going to blame you. But Joe Biden is going to go back to the well. He knows that there is only one person he has ever defeated. Donald Trump, that is the only person he has ever defeated seriously in a political way. And he won Democratic primaries, but that was against an old doddering socialist like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, who is not a Native American, and Pete Buttigieg, whose vast experience in not filling potholes in South Bend, Indiana, and also being gay, presented a grave threat to Joe Biden on the campaign trail. In other words, that was not a really rough primary for Joe Biden. He was easily the most famous person in the primary. He's the former vice president for Barack Obama. He had the support of heavy institutional influencers like Jim Clyburn in South Carolina. And so the only person who he's really defeated in an election is Donald Trump. And so that means that he is going to continue running against Donald Trump. As I say, hard to run against Donald Trump, do name on the ballot. Hard to run against Donald Trump. He hasn't been in office for two years. Hard to run against Donald Trump. He's not even on Twitter yet. He'll be back soon as Elon Musk let out of of the bag yesterday. However, Joe Biden's going to try it anyway. And what he's going to try and do, he's going to try to say, everybody who opposes me is Donald Trump. And by extension, everybody who supports Donald Trump is January 6th. And everybody who's at a January 6th rally is a terrorist. And so everybody I don't like is a terrorist by the transitive property. So the the problem with this, of course, is that the Make America Great Again movement under Donald Trump did earn 73 plus million votes in the last election cycle. And those are the people who are most enthused to show up to the polls again this time. 
Right? All the people who oppose Joe Biden are very enthusiastic to show up to the polls this time. And so he has to come up with some sort of new name. He can't just say MAGA because it's old and it's tired. But Joe Biden is a derivative and plagiaristic thinker. And so he can't come up with any sort of new descriptor for his enemies. So he has come up instead with a deeper signifier of MAGA-ness. And that is ultra MAGA, which, by the way, sounds like a transformer. It sounds like Donald Trump is going to turn into a giant big rig or something. Or Power Rangers. It's like Donald Trump, Power Ranger, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, ultra MAGA. So anyway, Joe Biden, bad at branding, bad at everything except for being asleep during campaigns. Very good at being asleep during campaigns. He is launching his 2022 party campaign by bringing into existence the dumbest political label I've ever heard hanged on a uh, opposing political party. It's really, really stupid. So Joe Biden yesterday gets this big speech in which he talks about the the evils of ultra super duper MAGA. First of all, completely blown opportunity here. Shouldn't it have been mega MAGA? Right, mega MAGA. But no, he went with ultra super duper pooper scooper MAGA. Here we go. I never expected the ultra MAGA Republicans who seem to control the Republican Party now to have been able to control the Republican Party. I, I never anticipated that happening. Um, the ultra MAGA. Okay. And then he continues to rant about ultra MAGA. And he never really describes what ultra MAGA is or what makes one ultra MAGA. Is, is being ultra MAGA, like you take injection shots, shots of, of testosterone and now you're, you weren't just MAGA before, you're ultra MAGA, you wear like three MAGA hats or you have a Trump t-shirt and also an FJB hat or what? Like what makes you ultra MAGA? Here's Joe Biden continuing to rant. Americans have a choice right now between two paths, reflecting two very different sets of values. My plan attacks inflation and grows the economy by lowering costs for working families, giving workers well-deserved raises, reducing the deficit by historic levels, and making big corporations and the very wealthiest Americans pay their fair share. The other path is the ultra-MAGA plan put forward by congressional Republicans to raise taxes on working families, lower the income of American workers, threaten sacred programs Americans count on like Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, and give break after break to big corporations and billionaires. That's the ultra MAGA plan. Now, he never defines what makes one ultra MAGA, but apparently it's just stuff I don't like. And by the way, the, the stuff that he's talking about Republicans embracing, nobody has talked about Medicare and Medicaid cuts. Nobody has talked about restructuring Social Security. I mean, they should, but they've not. When, when he's talking about raising taxes on the working class, he's referring presumably to Senator Rick Scott's plan to have everyone who pays income tax, everybody who earns an income, pay at least a little bit of income tax. There's supposed to be some tax rebates involved or whatever. That has not even been embraced by a congressional majority among Republicans. He's standing in front of a poster, by the way, while he's giving this dumb speech. He's standing in front of a poster that says tackling inflation, lowering costs. No one believes that Joe Biden is doing any of these things. He's just ranting about ultra mega. Fine. Already coming up, Jen Psaki tries to explain what super ultra mega mega extreme mega means. She doesn't have a really good explanation. First, it goes without saying that we've all been missing travel right now. Well, since 1998, Priceline has been the very best way for travelers to book the trip they want at a price they can afford. Priceline saves consumers more than $1 billion every year, so their customers never have to miss the moments that matter. With Priceline, you can save up to 60% on your favorite hotels. You can also get exclusive deals on rental cars and flights. 
When you save more, you can do more. Get more. Wow, this view is incredible. Or mm, another round of room service. Listen, I am looking forward to traveling a lot this summer. I know my producers are thrilled about it, but that is one thing we're going to be doing. And Priceline is the best way to travel. With the discounts that Priceline offers, you get that feeling a lot because when you save more, you can enjoy more and do more. At Priceline, every trip is a big deal. Priceline knows this. So when you are ready to book your next one, check out Priceline.com for the easiest way to get more wow, mm, and booyah. Yeah, that's the thing I just said. Out of it. Go check them out right now. Priceline.com. You're going to be traveling a lot in the near future. Why not save a bunch of money while you do it? Get the best deals available on planet Earth. That's Priceline.com. Go check them out right now. So he sends out Jen Psaki, MSNBC correspondent for the White House Press Corps. And, uh, and Jen Psaki, she tries to, again, drop this ultra MAGA label. You're not making fetch happen, guys. It ain't happening. No matter how many times you say ultra MAGA, it still sounds stupid and like you're bad at your job. Hey, here we go. Those who support a plan by Rick Scott, by Chairman Scott, that would raise taxes on 75 million Americans and get rid of, sunset, eliminate, whatever you want to call it, Medicare and Social Security, that's a MAGA uh, position. And that includes the chairman of the Republican National Committee. That's a MAGA position. That is the chairman of the party. So that's what the president considers. But also, obviously, given two-thirds of the American people, according to a Fox News poll, uh, believe that women's, that Roe v. Wade should be protected, if you're on the other side of that, you're supporting an ultra-MAGA position in the president's view. Again, ultra-MAGA is just all the things I don't like. All the things I don't like are ultra-MAGA, super-duper-MAGA. Not going to work. Not, no one, like, holding up the giant orange specter of Trump there in the distance is not going to help you, gang. You really think that all you're going to do is revive, uh, honestly, if, if the thing that Democrats are trying to do here is everyone who opposes us loves Trump, um, that means a majority of Americans like Trump. Right? You understand what you're doing here. People hate Democratic policy right now. Hate it. Joe Biden is underwater in something like 46 out of 50 states. If everybody who opposes Joe Biden and his agenda in those states is now ultra MAGA, that means a majority of America is now ultra MAGA by their lights because they won't even label it. I mean, they're, they're not even trying to describe what the ideology of ultra MAGA is. They're just, they, they believe that Donald Trump is so unbelievably toxic that if you just take the, the slogan that he used, and you lightly brush it over the surface of American politics, then everybody will go, ooh, that's, ooh, that's terrible. I guess I'll do what you want. That ain't the way this is going to work. Jen Psaki admits that she has no actual definition for ultra MAGA. She says, well, I, I think that it's pretty clear. It, it means whatever you want it to mean, which is how Democrats do words now, right? Woman means whatever you want it to mean. It's not an actual description of a biological characteristic. Woman means whatever you want it to mean. And so does ultra MAGA. It's all in the eye of the beholder. You've heard the president talk about this, it's, but it's not just, obviously, uh, putting at risk a woman's right to make choices about her own health care. It is also, as you heard him talk about this morning, Rick Scott's extreme plan that will raise taxes on 75 million Americans making less than $100,000 a year. And it's also the obsession with culture wars and wars against Mickey Mouse and banning books. The president thinks that's extreme. That is not what the American people care about or what they want. And so to him, adding a little ultra to it, give it a a little extra pop. Give it a little extra. Oh, God. These people are so irritating. It's so irritating. Give it a little extra pop. It's like, a, it's like new Coke. It's not just Coke. You had new. And now it's new Coke. Branding geniuses over here in the Democratic Party. Now, here is the biggest problem. You suck at your job. That is the biggest problem. You are garbage at your job. According to the Washington Post, gas prices have now reached record highs as Joe Biden calls inflation the top priority. Apparently, the average price for a gallon of gas nationwide hit four bucks 37 cents on Tuesday. That is the highest price AAA has ever recorded, ever. 
In California, because of their idiotic gas taxes, the average price in California, the average price for a gallon of gas in California is currently, get this, $5.84. $5.84 for a gallon of gas in California. It's the average price. This is not the most expensive gas on record when adjusted for inflation, but you can't adjust for inflation because, again, the inflation is part of the problem. Biden pledged to redouble his efforts yesterday, outlining his agenda, most of which is stalled in Congress and most of which is absolutely counterproductive. Meanwhile, the Federal Reserve is figuring out, hey, wait a second, you know, we may have acted too slow on inflation. Yeah, you think? Some of us were saying you were acting too slow on inflation like several years ago. According to the New York Times, however, Fed confronts why it may have acted too slowly on inflation. Some Federal Reserve officials have begun to acknowledge they were too slow to respond to rapid inflation last year, a delay that is forcing them to constrain the economy more abruptly now, and one that could hold lessons for the policy path ahead. Inflation began to accelerate last spring, but Fed policymakers and, the most, and most private sector forecasters initially thought price gains would quickly fade. It became clear in early fall that fast inflation was proving to be more lasting, but the, the Fed pivoted toward rapidly removing policy support only in late November and didn't raise rates until March. Several current and former Fed officials have suggested in recent days that in hindsight, the central bank should have reacted more quickly and forcefully last fall, but that both profound moral uncertainty about the future and the Fed's approach to setting policy slowed it down. In other words, they deliberately ran the economy hot because they were attempting to, quote unquote, build back better. And now they have run inflation up to, to the point where the economy is now in danger of being run into the ground. Now, the White House is taking a little bit of comfort in the notion that today the consumer price index is expected to show that inflation has already peaked. But core inflation is still going to be really, really high. So they were expecting the core inflation report to show 8.1% increase year over year, which is a massive, massive increase year over year, but it is down from something like 8.5% last month. So they're now saying that that is a decline in the rate of inflation. And maybe that will start to show that that inflation is coming down. Listen, I still think the Federal Reserve is going to be able to bring inflation down. The only question is how much pain they're going to inflict in order to do all of this. But here's the reality. Every policy that Joe Biden has proposed makes inflation worse. Government spending, relieving student loan debt, higher regulations, more taxation. All that does is constrain supply. And Joe Biden continues to embrace all of that. Already coming up, Joe Biden made a big speech yesterday about inflation, Madangazi. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, your home is a lot more than the place you live. It's an investment tool, especially these days, because here is the thing with inflation and with the stock market going down. You know, you need to make sure that you have the home that you want at the rate you can afford. And this is why you need American financing. Home values right now are up almost 20%. This is a big deal. You're able to access that equity as cash at incredibly low interest rates. This makes it easier to pay off high interest debt, fund home renovations, add to your savings account, or do whatever you need because, in fact, it is your money. Now, if that sounds like something you might be interested in, you need to call American Financing because they're going to provide a free mortgage review so you can understand options before moving forward. There's no pressure, no upfront or hidden fees. They're not like that. Instead, they're going to take the time to get to know you so they can find you the perfect loan to achieve your goals. That could mean savings of up to 12000 bucks a year. Only if you choose American Financing. Call 866-721-3300. That's 866-721-3300 or visit AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182-334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Again, check them out right now at AmericanFinancing.net or give them a call at 866-721-3300. That's 866-721-3300. So he gives the speech yesterday. And again, the reason that he keeps saying Ultra MAGA is because he's trying to create some sort of phantom out there. And then there's the moment when the American voter unmasks the monster, and it turns out to be Joe Biden. He says, if it weren't for those darn kids, I would have gotten away with it. This whole Scooby-Doo episode where Joe Biden is the villain. 
There is Joe Biden. Again, I don't know who does his, his, branding, his, his branding or who decides how to do his PR. It's awful. And they literally put him in front of a step and repeat that says behind him, lowering costs, tackling inflation. No one believes this. No, why would you put those words on a screen with him? If you're Joe Biden, the last thing you want is the Republican ads ready made. You don't even have, all they have to do is crop the photo of Joe Biden and the words tackling inflation and everybody laughs or Joe Biden and lowering costs and everybody laughs. like these people are morons. Okay, so Joe Biden, he says yesterday he's taking inflation really, really, really seriously. By really seriously, he means it's all your fault, you idiots. I want every American to know that I'm taking inflation uh, very seriously and it's my top domestic priority. Oh, that's, that is your top domestic priority, is it? Really? Because it turns out that your top domestic priority is ignoring the fact that your policies have created inflation. In fact, Joe Biden said yesterday his policies have been helpful toward inflation, which comes as a shock to every American who has a functioning brain. There are some Americans who don't have functioning brains and to, and to whom this sounds good. Here is Joe Biden oddly clutching that binder. Again, this is such a weird physical thing that he does when he's feeling defensive. He like actually picks up his, his little portfolio and he like clutches it to his chest like a kid who hasn't done his homework. It, it's, he is not with us, gang. Here's the president of the United States. Do you take any responsibility for your policies? I think our policies help, not hurt. Think about what they say. The vast majority of the of the uh, uh, of the economists think that this is going to be a real tough problem to solve, but it's not because of spending. It's not because of spending, guys. Inflation didn't happen because we spent too much money. Even though the definition of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. So really brilliant stuff there. Also, he was asked, so why are people blaming you? Right? If you're so bad, if, if you've been amazing at this and you're doing such a great job, why does everybody blame you? And of course, Joe Biden's answer is, well, it's because everybody else is stupid, not me, the senile old man who's been pursuing inflationary policy since the day I stepped into office. How do you believe so many Americans believe that your administration is not doing enough to combat inflation? I think that... Uh... Um, you know, it's they're, they're not focused. They're just, all they're focused on, understandably, is the problem they're facing. They get a five and a half percent raise and average raise in their salaries. And yet inflation exceeds that. And they look around the world and they know that a lot of it's extremely complicated. And so they're frustrated and I don't blame them. OK, but it's because they're distracted, not he's distracted, even though he's as distractible as a dog amidst a bevy of squirrels. There's just squirrels everywhere for Joe Biden. But he, he, you are distracted. It's you. It's you have no attention span. Sure, he falls asleep in the middle of the first segment of Matlock, but you are the one who's distracted. Again, I, I'm not going to get over the, the physical gripping of the portfolio while he does this sort of thing because it is so obviously a defense mechanism at this point. It's like a physical defense mechanism. Playing poker with members of the Biden administration must be just an exercise in futility because they all just have tells, right? Kamala Harris, every time she gets a good hand, she just starts cackling crazily. And Joe Biden, every time he gets a good hand, he starts clutching his his portfolio to his chest. I mean, it's just, it's amazing, amazing stuff. Okay, so again, he's bad at this. And so it's time to blame ultra mad guy. Here's the president of the United States doing that. The fact is congressional Republicans, not all of them, but the mega Republicans are counting on you to be as frustrated by the, pace of progress, which they have everything, they've done everything they can to slow down, that you're going to, will hand power over to them 
and enact so they can enact their extreme agenda. Again, Trump is not, he seems to think that this is Beetlejuice. And if you say Trump three times into the mirror, then magically Trump appears and then he can yell at him. Not going to work. Remember one second ago when Joe Biden said that the Republican plan is to tax people and that that, they think that that's going to solve inflation. Uh, Then yesterday he said that his plan is to tax people. I tax a lot of people. My plan is to lower employer and lower everyday costs for everyday costs for hardworking Americans and lower the deficit by asking large corporations and the wealthiest Americans to not engage in price gouging and to pay their fair share in taxes. And his policy to lower inflation is to punish the people who make the products that you buy. We're going to punish the people who do the investment. We're going to punish the people who do the production. We are going to tax them. We're going to regulate them. And he thinks this is going to somehow lower inflation because he is a fool. You should literally do the opposite of whatever Joe Biden thinks he is saying. And I say thinks he's saying because I think there's a real disconnect between his brain and his mouth. He can't get sentences out of his face anymore. And perhaps the funniest part of his little press conference yesterday in which he bragged that he was getting inflation under control is when he admitted that they control all the branches of government and then admitted, well, well, maybe we don't. We do like he realizes halfway through the statement that it's bad for him if they control the government. (laughs) Here we go. You justifiably right. We control all three branches of the government. Well, we don't really. We have 50 50 in the Senate. You need 60 votes to get major things done. I've been pushing the things I've been proposing here. And you've heard me speak to today since I got in office. And I have I need to get 60 votes to be able to even pass them. Poor, poor little Joe, poor little Joe. He's president. He has a majority in the Senate. He can't do anything bipartisan. He's got a majority in the House. He can't do anything. What, what, what a sad, what a sad fate. I mean, it's, it's because of all his enemies. That's probably why. It's not because his ideas are really, really, really bad and really counterproductive. Or maybe it's because his ideas are really, really bad and really counterproductive. Alrighty, so this administration believes a lot of things that are not true. Like boys can be girls and abortion does not kill a human fetus. And maybe the Easter Bunny should control the president of the United States. And also spending does not actually affect inflation. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, did you know that one out of three Americans regularly suffer from nausea? If nausea is getting in the way of enjoying life's important moments, I have excellent news for you. You need to check out Relief Band. So I know Relief Band works because my wife tends to get pretty car sick and she uses Relief Band. She doesn't get car sick anymore. My sister, when she was pregnant, she had a lot of morning sickness. And this meant that she would throw up a lot until we got her a relief band. Relief band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with everything from motion sickness and anxiety to migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemo, and much more. Here's how it works. Relief band is like magic. This is really cool. It simulates a nerve in the wrist. It travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea, and it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you are sick. It's like the name says. It's legitimately a band that you wear on your wrist, and it gives you relief. So pretty easy to remember. Go check them out right now. Do not let the fear of nausea prevent you from being present for life's important moments. Also, who wants to throw up in the car? Right now, you can join the over 100,000 Relief Band users with an exclusive offer just for Ben Shapiro listeners. Go to reliefband.com, use promo code Shapiro. You'll receive 20% off, plus free shipping, no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee, so you got nothing to lose. Remember, better to have a Relief Band and not need it than to need it and not have it. So head on over to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com. Use our promo code Shapiro for 20% off plus free shipping. Jen Psaki yesterday said that Joe Biden does not believe that spending affects inflation, which is a pretty astonishing statement. It really is. It's, it's, it's somewhat like saying using your credit card does not increase your debt, Here is, which he also says, by the way, he says he's bringing down deficits by spending $6 trillion a year. Here's Jen Psaki. 
just to make sure, like, what he's saying is the pandemic is distinct from the spending in response to the pandemic, and he does not believe that the size of the spending mattered with regard to inflation. Again, uh, no, he, and we have, we have spoken to this in the past. Um, he does not believe that spending creates higher inflation. Weird, weird. Meanwhile, Jennifer Granholm, the energy secretary, she's like, yeah, you like those gas prices? We're going to keep them there for a while because that's, that's just how it is. Here is Jennifer Granholm, who, by the way, has openly suggested that it is time to move beyond fossil fuels while Americans are struggling to fill up the tank for work because gas is now costing in California nearly six bucks a gallon on average. And she's like, yeah, it might stay this way for a while. But after all, you can always do what Pete Buttigieg says you should do and buy an electric car for $100,000. Does your department have an, uh, a projection of how high gas prices will go? We're soon entering the summer driving season. Yeah, I mean, the international, uh, excuse me, the Energy Information Agency, has, it's been bumping around a little because of what's been going on with the EU. The projection was that it would come down a bit by the end of this year, but it is going to take a while. Oh, it's going to take a while, is it? Why? Why? It's funny how they, they'll never answer why. Uh, it's just because of Putin. Oh, really? Then why was it high before Putin? Oh, it's, it's really because of supply chain issues. Really? Then, then why is it because you've prevented domestic oil production by not greenlighting all of the various legal documents necessary to actually drill and shutting off the, the sale of gas leases? Why? And no one ever asks why. In, interesting. So Rick Scott yesterday, the senator from Florida, he said, you know, if you really want this thing to, to start picking up again, perhaps Joe Biden should resign. He says, Joe Biden is unwell. He's unfit for office. He's incoherent, incapacitated, and confused. If Joe Biden wants to actually fix the inflation crisis he created, he should resign. Okay, now, again, Joe Biden ain't going to take that well, but that happens to be true. And as Ronald Reagan once suggested while running against Jimmy Carter, a recession is when your neighbor loses his job, a depression is when you lose your job, a recovery is when Jimmy Carter loses his job. And that happens to be true also about Joe Biden. So Joe Biden responded to Rick Scott by demonstrating full scale that he is um, incoherent. You called out Rick Scott a little while ago in your remarks. Earlier today, anticipating your remarks, he said, and I'm just quoting here, that uh, the best thing, most effective thing Joe Biden can do to solve the inflation crisis he created is resign. He's the problem. Resign. The senator added That's later. The senator added later. Joe Biden is unwell. He's unfit for office. He's incoherent, incapacitated, and confused. These are his words. Offering you a chance to respond. I think the man has a problem. Joker grin. The man has a problem. Why don't you clutch that binder a little bit harder, there, Joe? Just clutch it a little bit harder. Meanwhile, remember how the Democrats thought that the abortion issue was going to be a big winner for them. So they're going to swivel away from inflation and they're going to swivel toward abortion. There's only one problem with this particular answer for the Democrats. Their position on abortion is wildly out of the mainstream. Their position on abortion is abortion until point of birth because their position on children is perverse. The Democratic Party position on children is you can abort them before they are born. Once they are born, it is society's responsibility to take care of them via government programs, but you have no responsibility to take care of them. They should be indoctrinated by public school teachers into the idea that they are racially essential. And not only are they can we boil them down to the race, but also that boys can be girls and girls can be boys, that sexual, so that, so that sexually authentic adults can feel better about their life choices. This is the Democratic view on children. And uh, it turns out Americans don't like that stuff very much, that you lose elections based on this sort of stuff. Here is Joe Biden yesterday. He was asked about restrictions on abortion. Would he support any of them? Now, remember, all Democrats have to do here, it, it's, it's, it's such a layup for Democrats. This Roe versus Wade thing is such a layup for Democrats. All Democrats have to do is say, we would be willing to discuss 
certain restrictions on abortion late in pregnancy. This, by the way, is the position of the American people. We would be willing to discuss, you know, exacerbating conditions under which we think that a baby should be protected, an unborn child should be protected late in pregnancy. But otherwise, we need Roe versus Wade in place to ensure that the earliest stages of pregnancy, a woman can have a right to choose. Now, listen, I think that position is morally incoherent, but politically, it makes a lot of sense for Democrats. They can't bring themselves to do it. Instead, they take the full position. Every major Democrat takes the full position that a baby should be able to be killed until it until its head exits the birth canal, essentially. Here's Joe Biden doing that yesterday. This is not a popular position with the American people. And whenever you see headlines suggesting that Americans are quote unquote pro-choice, understand that what that means is that the polls show that Americans are not pro-choice in the third trimester. They're extraordinarily pro-life in the third trimester. In the second trimester, they tend to be somewhere in between. In the first trimester, they're still in favor of certain restrictions, but are not fully pro-life, right? That, that is what, mo and, and by the way, when Americans describe themselves, it really kind of deter, it, it depends on, what frame they are using. So you will see people describe themselves as pro-choice because they think that you should be able to abort a baby up till about 10 weeks. Okay, that is more of a pro-life position. And you will see people describe themselves as pro-life because they wish to ban abortion after the 10th week. So you can have two people with identical positions, one who describes themselves as pro-choice, one who describes themselves as pro-life. But the polling data is pretty clear on this. The Democratic position is way the hell out of the mainstream and immoral to boot. So here's Joe Biden promoting that position, of course. Do you support any restrictions on abortion or what limits do you believe there should be as, as the Because I, don't, I want the story to be about inflation. Again, the, the full answer, legal in all cases, no exception, that is a position that is held by 19%. 19% of the American public. But that is the position of the Democratic Party. But everyone else, 27% believe that it should be illegal in most cases. Another 2% believe it should be illegal in all cases, but there are a few exceptions. 8% believe illegal in all cases, no exceptions. Okay, and when, when you, and, and this moves along with the timeline of pregnancy. And yet the Democratic Party has decided to take the most extreme position humanly possible. So today, because Chuck Schumer is a moron, the Senate majority leader is bringing up for a vote an abortion bill. It does not codify Roe. It doesn't. Roe creates a trimester process that was basically overthrown by Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which created the undue burden standard, which again was a vague, unworkable standard. But this doesn't do that. This doesn't even suggest that you can do any sort of abortion restrictions in the last trimester, as Roe does. Instead, this bill creates a right to abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. The bill's chief sponsor in the Senate acknowledges the legislation does not distinguish between physical and mental health. The text of the bill explicitly instructs the courts to liberally interpret the legislation. It strikes down pretty much all state laws on abortion. It, it gets rid of all parental consent laws. So you don't even need to consent with a parent if the kid is like a kid, like a minor. It gets rid of all conscience and liberty protections. It creates a right for non-doctors to perform abortions. And it would prohibit all state laws banning sex-selective abortions. So you can now decide to kill a baby just because it's a girl. That is what Chuck Schumer's preferred bill would do. And he wants Democrats on the record to vote on this because... Why exactly? Like, they, talk about snatching defeat from the jaws of victory here. Here's Chuck Schumer pushing it. If the MAGA Republicans get their way, pregnant women could lose oh, their man. lives because there will be no exception for the life of a mother if there's a dangerous complication in the pregnancy. If MAGA Republicans get their way, women and their health care providers could go to prison for life. 
Okay, well, there is no one, literally no one, who has proposed that a woman who obtains an abortion goes to jail. That is not a part of any pro-life legislation that I know about. All of the legislation is directed at abortion doctors. That's just the reality. Yeah, like I, I have not seen any legislation. It is not a mainstream pro-life position that women who try to obtain abortions should go to jail. The idea is that the doctors, even the Texas law right now that provides civil liability does not allow women to be sued. It allows the doctors and the providers to be sued. Okay, but, but Chuck Schumer is trying to get a vote on this thing. And even NBC is like, what are you doing? NBC, which is a Democratic Party press outlet, they have a, an article today. Chuck Todd, Mark Murray, Ben Camisar, Bridget Bowman, and Alexander Marquez. So apparently the entire staff of NBC News. Democrats all but doomed Senate abortion vote threatens to divide the party. If it's Tuesday, West Virginia and Nebraska hold their 2022 primary contest. President Joe Biden contrasts his plan to fight inflation with that of Senator Rick Scott. But first, Senate Democrats are once again headed for a show vote. This time on abortion that risks dividing their party, depressing their base, and looks all but certain to be defeated. Sounds good to me. NBC's Frank Thorpe and Julie Turkin report, quote, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer officially set into motion the procedure Monday afternoon to have a key procedural vote on the Democratic bill to provide federal protections for abortion rights on Wednesday. The vote's timing is still TBD, but is expected in the afternoon on Wednesday. It's still expected to fall short of the 60 votes needed to pass. The basic idea here is that the bill is so extreme that a bunch of Democrats aren't going to vote in favor of the bill. Because if you're in a swing state, if you're Kristen Sinema in Arizona, or if you're Bob Casey in Pennsylvania, if you're if you are any senator in a swing state, if you're Joe Manchin, why would you vote for a bill that does all of the things we just discussed? It makes no sense at all. But they're going to push forward with this thing anyway, because this party is so enthralled to its own base. It's amazing. So you have Senator Tina Smith, Democrat, saying this abortion vote is what accountability looks like. Listen, if you guys want to hold your entire party to account to the most radical of all abortion positions, go for it. I think it's very important that we put our Republican colleagues on record as being completely out of step with where Americans are. I mean, my Republican colleagues have been pushing for decades to overturn Roe versus Wade. And now what we have is them all sort of running for the hills and trying to change the subject. Um, I think that's what accountability looks like in a democracy. And that's why it's so important that we have this that we have this vote. OK, so go for it. The answer is go for it. But it is this this administration is so amazingly extreme, like truly incredibly extreme on abortion that not only are they still encouraging people to go to justices' houses to protest this, which is illegal, they are now trotting out the Treasury Secretary to promote abortion. That's how extreme they are. And this is their proposal to win in 2022, to send out your, your failing Treasury Secretary who's presided over the possibility of a recession in a time when we should have a booming economy to talk about the most extreme position available on abortion Plus, send your, your press secretary, who works for MSNBC in about five minutes, out there to talk about why people should violate the law. Slow clap for you geniuses. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about this is an amazing, amazing company. It's called One More Wave. So what is One More Wave? One More Wave uses surf therapy to help veterans stay active, engaged, and connected. The founder of One More Wave is a guy named Alex West. He's a retired Navy SEAL who noticed that for a lot of vets, especially people with adaptive needs, standard off-the-shelf surfboards and equipment were off the table. So what did he do? He created a team of surfboard artists and surf instructors to work with grant recipients to design custom equipment for their experience, level, and physical needs. From there, One More Wave connects vets to their global network of surfing volunteers who empower them to heal through surf therapy from coast to coast, which is just awesome stuff. Fresh salt air, sunshine, the exhilaration of flying down the face of a wave. It helps keep veterans coming back for more since 2015. 
One More Wave has empowered over 500 veterans to find healing and community through surf therapy by providing customized surfing equipment and community. But to keep on going, they need your support. Help fund 10 new surf therapy grants by going to 1mwave.com slash dailywire. Sign up to become a monthly sustaining donor. The average veteran grant costs 2,500 bucks. Every tax deductible donation counts. Help continue to support these brave men and women who have given so much for the nation. Visit 1mwave.com slash dailywire. Become a sustaining member today. One more wave is a 501c3. Your donation is tax deductible. Please visit 1mwave.com for more information. That's the number one, mwave.com for more information. All right, folks, as I was telling you the other day, I don't care that much for large crowds. I like to do my show and then go to my house and have water balloon fights with my kids. So you can imagine my surprise when they told me that we have to do a live event in Nashville for like 3,000 people. Yes, it's time for another backstage live, live, but not backstage, like with all of you on a stage, June 29th at the historic Ryman Auditorium in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. We've been on a huge winning streak here at the Daily Wire. It's been an enormous year for us. We sued the federal government to stop their tyrannical vax mandate. We affected the election outcome in Loudoun County by exposing what was going on with their school board. We announced $100 million to challenge woke Disney with DW Kids. That makes this the perfect time to get together with our pals and celebrate. Join me, Matt Walsh, Michael Moles, Andrew Clavin, and Daily Wire God King Jeremy Boring for our biggest live event of the year. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. Central Time for Daily Wire All Access members only, 12 hours later for the general public. If you're not an All Access member, do not miss out. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Become an All Access member today. Daily Wire Backstage Live at the Ryman in Nashville, June 29th. Remember, become a member with that all access subscription, dailywire.com slash subscribe. You get first chance at the tickets. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So again, the Democrats, when it comes to abortion, they're taking the most extreme position. So Jen Psaki yesterday, the, the Washington Post tried to sort of nuance her into the position where she was opposing protesting at people's houses, which is illegal. You're not allowed to try to threat, threaten or intimidate in any way people who serve in the judicial branch. You're not allowed to stand outside their houses. This is against municipal law in the state of Virginia, for example, and in Maryland. And yet, Jen Psaki is out there explicitly saying that she is fine and okay with people, quote unquote, peacefully protesting outside the houses of justices. This is amazing stuff from the White House. I mean, truly. I mean, not that amazing considering that the Democratic Party basically fostered riots in 2020 in major American cities over the lie that America was deeply institutionally racist and that the police were shooting black people for no reason other than the color of their skin. So I guess I shouldn't be all that shocked by this. It's still kind of shocking that some cooler headed members of the left are like, guys, we probably should be cooling it on the go outside Justice Alito's house and yell at him routine. But uh, the White House is just ramping it up. So remember that time when it was really bad that we had the White House pressuring the legislature by sending peaceful protesters over to the Capitol? And when I say peaceful, I mean, because that was a direct quote from President Trump. He said, peacefully protest outside the Capitol to pressure the legislatures to do whatever they're going to do about the election. That was really bad because you don't want one branch pressuring another branch using the mob. Here's Jen Psaki having one branch pressure the other branch using the mob. I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date. And we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes. And that's the president's position. But the silence is pretty deafening about all of the other intimidation that we've seen to a number of people. Amazing. Amazing stuff there from Jen Psaki. What a winner. Meanwhile, I think that when we, we appoint a treasury secretary, what we need most from our treasury secretary is not getting inflation under control. It's not economic growth. 
It is not solid economic policy that allows for businesses to operate. Otherwise, why would you select Janet Yellen? That would be a bad choice. So they did select Janet Yellen. It's very important we have our Treasury Secretary. Remember, the person in charge of the Treasury Department talk about the massive need for on-demand abortion. How ext- Remember that time that Joe Biden suggested that his entire administration was going to be dictated by the principles of equity? That was the big thing, equity, equity, equity. Well, it turns out that now the entire administration is dictated by the principles of abortion, abortion, abortion. So every single department is now going to promote abortion, including the Treasury Department, which is um, in a world, in a word, ultra crepidarian, which means talk about acting outside the scope of your normal purview. It's like having somebody from the Department of Health and Human Services comment on road conditions. What, what in the world? Here's Janet Yellen explaining in the darkest and most morally benighted way that abortion is good because killing babies helps the economy which is really dystopian kind of stuff. You know, I can think of a lot of human rights violations that could theoretically help the economy. Why don't we just kill all the unproductive, Janet? And it's not like a Nazi policy or anything. Here she is literally saying that abortion helps the economy. The killing of the unborn somehow benefits the economy is a good argument? That is a good argument? These are the same people who are like, we are for humans. We can't let the economy dictate our policies. And then they're like, except for killing babies. If we can kill this nine-month-old fetus in the womb, and we can just, you know, scissors in the skull, pry it open, make this thing happen, then, I mean, that will allow for you to work more hours tomorrow. What? What? Here is Janet Yellen. Roe v. Wade and access to reproductive health care, including abortion, helped lead to increased labor force participation. It enabled Uh, many women to finish school that increased their earning potential. It allowed women to plan and balance their families and careers. And research also shows that it had a favorable impact on the well-being and earnings um, of, of children. That is unbelievable stuff. That's unbelievable. So here is the problem. As we say in law school, this is what we call an argument that proves too much, okay? So again, if the argument is, you know, women, they were able to go to school at a higher rate when they could kill their unborn babies. Well, what about that? You know, you really want that extra degree, don't you? You've always thought about getting that MBA, but you do have a five-year-old. That five-year-old takes a lot of your time. I mean, that five-year-old is really time-consuming. Fussing all the time, got to do homework, driving to and from school. I mean, you know, it'd be a lot easier if you just killed them and dumped their body in a lake somewhere. That probably, and, and then you could go get that MBA. And then you could really fulfill all your career aspirations and help the GDP, gang. It's basically like ancient Sparta. Here's, an, here's a disabled child. Let's leave it out there on a mountaintop and everybody lives a happier life except for the disabled child who freezes to death. Otherwise, everything is good. Like, how do these people trot out these arguments as though they're remotely moral? That is crazy. I mean, truly, that's a, that is a nutty position. This is the same as the position that some people tried to make in Freakonomics, which is, well, you know, abortion did lower the crime rate. First of all, kind of racist, because the suggestion is that a disproportionate number of abortions in minority communities was going to lower the crime rate. Talk about not treating people as individuals. It wasn't even pre-crime. It was some of these kids may end up being criminals. So if we kill a million of them a year, then the crime rates will go down, which is just, first of all, the data do not bear this out. But even supposing they did, what now? This is the this is the moral equivalent. Like, I've been told by the socialists among us that capitalism is just a maw that eats human flesh, that it takes human lives and turns them into instruments of economic growth. Here you are literally having people sacrificing children to Moloch in order so that you can grow the economy. 
so that women can go back to school and get their degree in lesbian dance theory. Like what in the actual, that it's, it is something directly out of Brave New World, this kind of talk. And then Janet Yellen, I, you got to love how, how what the left does is they take language that sounds kind of normal. And then they insert like one word and it completely changes the entire nature of the argument. So everybody would say that bringing children into the world is one aspect of a happy life. She adds one word and now it becomes okay to kill children. So here is Janet Yellen. One aspect of a satisfying life is being able to feel that you have the financial resources to raise a child, that the children you bring into the world are wanted and that you have the ability to take care of them. That the children you bring into the world are wanted, right? You just add that phrase, are wanted. So abandoning your kids is now okay. What if you experience an economic downturn in your life? What if you decide to have kids because you have a job and then it turns out you lose your job? Is it now okay to kill your kid? Because after all, one aspect of happiness in the world is a child that you want and can financially care for. So apparently the solution to that is not to find friends and family to help support you. The solution is not adoption. The solution is none of those things. It's to kill the kid, apparently. This is the position of the Democratic Party. This is, that's the Treasury Secretary gang. That, like, amazing stuff. And this is what they're going to choose to run on. So they're going to just say MAGA over and over and over. Lots of MAGA. And also, they're going to then run on abort babies, two point of birth. Just, you guys are going to do great in 2022. Really looking forward to November. All the best. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, go check out one of our newest podcasts, Morning Wire. On today's episode, they report on the evidence of severe human rights abuses in China. That episode is available right now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about The Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Bradford Carrington, executive producer Jeremy Boring, supervising producer Mathis Glover, production manager Pavel Wydowski, associate producer Savannah Dominguez-Morris, editor Adam Saievitz, audio mixer Mike Coromina, hair and makeup artist and wardrobe Fabiola Cristina, production coordinator Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. John Bickley here, Daily Wire Editor-in-Chief. Wake up every morning with our show, Morning Wire, where we bring you all the news that you need to know in 15 minutes or less. Join me and my co-host, Georgia Howe, for daily coverage of all the biggest stories on Morning Wire. 